0: what's going on beautiful people it is kristen nicole mann and i am back with a new episode of know or never aka now or never and i'm excited extremely excited about this episode we have your girl anna warfield now let me give you a background about anna really quick she was my partner in crime when I did the Black Lives Matter mural. And I wanted to interview her because she's way more than just my partner in crime during that big project. She is a wonderful, fine artist, and I cannot wait for you all to meet who she is and just laugh with us and kind of hear about her. So tune in to this episode, listen up, take some notes, and I hope that you enjoy. Hold on. Before you listen up, I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Legendary Lessons We Use Our Hands. You can purchase your copy for your son, nephew, niece, cousin, daughter, whatever the case may be at com. Right now, it is on pre-order. It will be dropping the beginning of March officially, so I want you to be the first in line to get your ship to you. Again, this is brought to you by Legendary Lessons. We use our hands, and I'm so excited to bring my second children's book into this world and just see the kids' faces and everything else light up. Um, This particular book is teaching children how they can change the world by using their hands and it's also several activities in the back of the book such as counting um, and a little bit of coloring and a little bit of other things. So I'm excited to bring to you my second children's book and I can't wait for you to get it. Hello everyone, it is Chris and Mann with my Know or Never podcast, aka Now or Never, and tonight I have a special guest, Anna Warfield, and we're just excited to have you here, so thank you for coming on, and um, I just want to give a shout out first to Stellar Human, um, it is a new stylish boutique uh, thrift store. We're creatives it's all in one so uh, we want to give a shout out to them in Binghamton New York and um, tonight we're gonna just get to know Anna a little bit more um, I've personally known her for a little bit so I want you all to get to know who she is so Anna tell us about yourself a little bit in a short summary you know who you are what you do yeah you're here (laughs) I'm here
1: um first of all thank you for having me I am honored to be a part of this and I've been paying attention and this is a wonderful podcast and I can't wait to see where it goes and I'm happy to be a part of it um yeah so I am an artist um I live and work in Binghamton and I'm from north of here and from a little town called Whitney Point um I I yeah we're learning stuff Yeah. Um, yeah yeah And um, yeah, so I presently um, am a practicing artist. I also take on contracts, creative contracts with projects that I find exciting. Um, so I work for Luma Projection Art Festival and Anthony Brunelli Fine Arts right now. And Chris and I worked on a project together this summer. Woo.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Go yeah.
1: Ahead. And then my, my personal practice as an artist revolves uh, around generally feminist themes, um, and fiber. Um, so I work in both 2D fiber and, um, 3D sculptural, um, objects.
0: Wow. And that's a unique combination. So, um, (laughs) it's not easy at all. I'm a painter, so I don't even know how, where to start with 2D, 3D in a fabric sense. So, um, what you know did you want to be when you were growing up because i like asking this question because you know i always wanted to be an artist but i just didn't know how to and life hit you and stuff like that so other people they kind of want to be something when they're younger and then they get a certain age and they're like they will totally left um so have you always wanted to do art or was it something else you know what yeah about that
1: um I always wanted to be like creative. I feel like I was always most comfortable in creative spaces for sure, and I had to, I feel like for the most part, I wanted to be an artist, yes, but there was a slight deviation in, like, middle school, where I wanted to be a fashion designer, and I think oh. it was right when Project Runway came out, and Christian oh, yeah. out, like, <laughs> one his season, and I was, like, I was wearing tulle skirts, I think I did this all the way through <laughs> high school as well, but, yeah, I wanted to be a fashion designer, and then, like, I was, I yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was too shy for that because there was runways and stuff.
0: But I, I see that. Thank you, though. <laughs> Do you That's see crazy. it? I mean, I could see the the switch wouldn't be as drastic because you yeah. work with fabrics anyway. So yeah, it's I true. Yeah, I still no, I wouldn't. Fabric. I wouldn't look at you weird if you did switch to that. I mean, it's still artistry, but yeah. Um, so just- after that, you know, fashion design type of admiration did you come back to regular art or what you know yeah. what yeah what was that like well in high school
1: i i stepped back into studio spaces for sure okay. like more intensely and i was introduced yeah. to um studio practices that were more like conceptually driven and looking at art, art history more intensely obviously than you would in middle school or younger elementary Um uh, um and I started working with a lot of painting and um collage I did a lot of collage and uh at the end of my time I was doing ceramics and that's what my like college portfolio was a lot of ceramics mm. and also quilted portraitures so I was all over the place <laughs> <laughs> so
0: if, that was there. to me it's not over the place but for our audience you know this is this is the real of what goes on with you know artists like we can cook one day and then
1: next day we're we're doing a mural
0: on the brick building it's like it doesn't matter so um it's not it doesn't sound crazy to me but all
1: over the place but like it's because i had all these interests and i loved working with my hands and like that was the that was the unifying factor in it all was like that was where I was able to communicate best with with my hands so yeah yeah Um, then in college I worked um I started and I continued working with fabric for my first year and then a lot kind of with collaged paintings where I would do collages and then transition them into like paintings or drawings um um, didn't love that I was kind of pushed out in my love of fabric it was kind of like Mm -hmm. The program was very like that's not a medium that you can work in and call yourself an artist wow yeah. <laughs> nice. i was like interesting yeah like <laughs> and i believed college. that which is like kind of on me um wow. but i didn't know any better and then at the end of my time in school i circled back to fabric and i was like there is this thing that i enjoy working with that i have in excess and have access to and i don't have to struggle to learn like the chemistry of photography to communicate what i'm trying to say i already know how fabric works um and i have it in bulk and honestly being an artist is expensive
0: it is it <laughs> so, is you got i'm about something. to start a gofundme tonight because it, it, yeah. <laughs> it's Best not for cheap phone. Yeah. yeah yeah i feel and for fabric i mean for quality good quality fabric that has to be
1: yeah that's why i don't work with that <laughs>
0: So do you like pick scraps? Like how do you get like how did you get to that point of knowing what to use, how to you know use it, how to stretch it, you know, that's that's a science. <laughs> I,
1: it, I don't, I just kind of made it up. So I started working with um, muslin, which is like scrap paper fabric, I would say. It's like what um, fashion designers use to like make um, mock-up garments. And then they like make the thing out of the actual valuable fabric. But what I found was muslin was like a blank canvas in terms of color and it works. It's a easy fabric to dye. And it let me kind of dictate like the colors that I wanted to use. So it was kind of like painting, but on like a, um, a cheaper fabric. Um, And you can get it in bulk and it like, it's a money saver that way. (laughs) And then um, other series of mine, um, so like the ones behind me, they're from um, a 2D series that I've been working on called the Command Series. And that was just found fabric. I I happened upon it when I was in an antique store and it was like five bucks and I got like a whole ream of it, like a ton. Um, So like I've been working with those and other projects I have typically revolve around like like denim like I have jeans and everyone has jeans that they don't wear anymore so like I use that for like side projects and stuff so I really don't have to buy that much mostly right. I spend money on frames and trying to figure out how to install my work <laughs>
0: now so, that's the that's the intense part because I yeah. see you on your social media and I'm like I would fall you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the eye to do that um, as you know with our project but um <laughs> my question is could you can you mix the fabrics have you ever tried to like go off the deep end and just do some crazy fabric work <laughs> <laughs>
1: well for um this past summer i did a project called sweeping statement which was a really large 35 foot <laughs> Piece, yeah, mm-hmm. outdoor. So I had yeah. to, not, I had to work with like something that was water-resistant for that to like stay yeah. outdoors for a period of time. So I worked with nylon. Um, I didn't love it. Nylon is very slippery to sew. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fine. It did its job, but I definitely, I like, I like working with muslin. I feel like there's like a comfort, softness, familiarity to it. It's like. I don't know, it feels like, it just feels like coming home when it yeah. comes to DMs for me, which maybe I should be like scared of that because like, <laughs> it's like getting too complacent or something. I don't know, but I, I like working. Possibly.
0: With... Yeah. yeah, possibly. <laughs> now, this is like something that I want you to answer, like honestly, but if you don't know where Whitney Point is, <laughs> there's nothing. There's already nothing to do in Binghamton, New York. So I'm trying to like, who was your, like, who did you look up to? Oh, yeah. How did you come with this fashion sense? Because, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not going to assume, but I'm not sure there was a lot of like that going on at Whitney Point. Um, I
1: definitely did not fit in Whitney Point.
0: Right, I'm like, you, yeah. you're so chic, like, how did this, <laughs> how did this happen? So, can so you kind of, like, talk about that? Because I, I can't even imagine it, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, being from Whitney Point was, like, I, I, I didn't appreciate being from there until I left there. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was. Yeah. For I think yeah that's kind of how it is for a lot of people, but it yeah it's a very small town and like very very small. I graduated with a class size of about a hundred, and it like kind of depended on who decided they wanted to still be in school or not, and like right. which is which is remarkable because I knew everybody and I knew yeah. everybody in the grades above and below, so it was like very like close knit. Um, but also it can be very ostracizing. So to be like the art geek um, who like kind of didn't really have like an in-group she's just kind of like floating like that was very much me (laughs) Wow. Um, but I was fortunate because my um best friend growing up her dad was an art teacher my mom was very creative she was an artist in her own right and then she did a lot of um so the reason I had access to a lot of fabric was because she was an industrial embroiderer
0: oh Um, nice
1: she did embroidery all the time and, um, for like companies and whatnot, uh, in this area. And so, and she also did, um, like set design. So she was working like large scale, fun, really creative projects. So I was always around it kind of like legend is with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. I had that environment and like, I knew that those were places that existed. Yes. Yeah, there's hope. <laughs> there's so much hope. And then, um, yeah, so those were just like how I grew up was like between my house and my best friend's house, just being surrounded by creative energy and realizing that it was like a thing that you could delve into, Um.
0: yeah. Wow, so you didn't have, um, there wasn't too many people like doing art apparently that no. graduated with you, not really? There was one girl um, who also pursued fine arts in
1: college. Um, she went to, I believe, SUNY, Plattsburgh Um, yeah so she pursued art the two of us did but the rest no not so much there was a large push for people to go into pharmacy school when I was graduating
0: oh that makes sense because when I moved out here you know that that's the thing like find something in the medical field it even pressured me like I was going to go um, to BCC Mm -hmm. I was gonna try to get in their nursing program yeah a nurse like um, okay. <laughs> what no. was that doing like huh? uh-huh. but it does no it's like a heavy you know for the listeners there's a heavy um health field um out here in upstate yeah. new york um don't i don't really know where that comes from but um they do receive art too you know out here so it's a good You know balance depending on where you're at but um so that had to feel uncomfortable but when you got to college you know what happened because (laughs) you picked you did you choose to go into arts or was it like a thing you had to kind of take your time with yeah
1: I dove head first into it. I knew I was gonna be an artist. I didn't really know what that meant. I still don't really know what that means. But
0: <laughs> you never do. I
1: yeah. It's like I I was ahead of my time in high school when teachers were asking me like what I was gonna go to school for, I was like, fine art and they were like, Why would you do that? There's no jobs in that and I was like, I'll make the job. Like
0: <laughs> get what, yeah. get what I don't win. Like
1: Yeah. Like, I'll make it up. Um yeah yeah and so then in college it was that was kind of culture shock so uh coming from small town whitney point um like farm country and then going to cornell where it's very ivy league it was a lot this culture clash
0: yeah <laughs> but that's like you didn't everybody can't get into cornell so that's yeah for that you know that's a lot and and to pick fine arts within that ivy league like you yeah your professors had to be like intense <laughs> they were they were intense yeah.
1: Yeah. but they also it also so at the start of it it was like they were very intense and they kind of were overbearing in a way and then by the end of it you were like i was at least like okay but how do we do this like right. how do i make the money yeah <laughs> Yeah. Why do I not become the starving artist? And they hated those conversations, but like finally towards the end of it, they were like, okay, we'll do tax workshops. We'll talk about things like contracts. And like, because there were a couple of students like me with similar backgrounds who didn't have trust funds for when we graduated and like, we, we needed to know how to do this thing. So we yes. were so loud in this whole process that they finally listened and it was very helpful. And I think it will, it has continued to be helpful for students after um, leaving.
0: So wow. So yeah. You had a little activism back then, you know? Oh yeah, like, I'm, I'm
1: shouting all the time. <laughs> I'm like,
0: I'm like and, you, okay. and you see Anna or you meet her, you think she's like quiet. <laughs> she is when she, you know, is in her chill time, but when it's time to work, this no this project, this you see a whole <laughs> different person. Let's that's get different. this done. Right, like <laughs> determined. Driven, um, So, yeah, it, I, the Cornell training, did that teach you, like, when you got into art professionally, did that teach you to be more, like, vocal when someone tries to maybe get over? or Because um, all artists have that experience where people don't take our craft or our industry seriously, and they try to get over, and they don't want to pay us, you know, all the list. But did that teach you, you know, to stand your ground and be confident Parts in it? Parts of it did, I think. And honestly,
1: so I did. I did the fine arts, and I also studied communications. And I studied mm-hmm. communications because the fine arts degree was a bit like lofty and conceptual and esoteric, and like very like, oh, is this pencil tip a piece of art? And like. I was like, that's not helpful. So I did communications because I was like, I need to be able to like market myself and like treat myself as a business. So I think I already had that kind of in the back of my mind um, that it was, it had to be more than the fine arts. And um, I think the communications was actually where I got the like, the sense of like how to like execute a project or like how to like understand like the questions that need to be asked and like that sort of thing just because Mm -hmm. of what that, Kind of degree program was like it was more research based, um, and then getting into like career after college. I mean, college <laughs> college doesn't it prepares you to an extent, but it doesn't really prepare you. <laughs> yeah, I know how you feel about it, and and it's fair, <laughs> like it
0: really is. See, so I tell people all the time, if Legend wants to go to college, I'm not going to talk him out of it. Right, I'm not going to be that parent, but. He will have the option to use the money that I saved for him to go in a route of art or whatever he wants to do and he'll know you know from what I learned the business part of it so I find that interesting and um, intriguing that you thought about taking communications because we have a lot of artists that don't know how to communicate what they created so it's It's frustrating sometimes because you don't meet a lot of them that want to tell you what they created. They're kind of like, look at it. (laughs) (laughs) They're really like mean about it. And you're like, okay, but it's like a splatter of paint. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's got to
1: be more to this.
0: (laughs) Right. And they're just like deep and... So I find that intriguing that you took communications and you thought about like you mapped it all out because I mm-hmm. don't find too many artists since I've been professional that do that. They kind of just like think it's gonna be easy to yeah. market and you know talk you know talk about it. But um, how do you feel about the COVID and <sighs> communicating? During all of that because
1: <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. Go ahead. Last year was like it was rough. At first I feel so here's what twenty twenty looked like from like my brain. I was like, I thought it was gonna be short that we would be stuck at home, right? And so a lot of my artist friends were like, Ooh, it's the COVID artist residency, like we're all stuck at home, we're just gonna pump Excited. out work. Yay, work time. And I was like, I was here for it. I was making work. I, I made three pieces and did a marathon like stint of like making work. And I was like, we're doing good. But then COVID didn't stop. And then the world, like it, it just, it escalated and it just felt bad. And I stopped making work because I was depressed.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then for our viewers and listeners. Yeah. How me and Anna really got to know each other because um we knew of each other but we you know it's before covid i don't even remember what it was like but you would pass people you would be in the same networking you know but you never really meet the person and you'll be like well one day we'll you know that yeah, time yeah. will come and then covid is like wait i took advantage of that because i should have met who i was supposed to meet um george floyd hit during covid um so the world also was a little bit upset at these things that happened um and that's when me and Anna kind of came together with this wonderful project um but talk about like you getting involved in that I don't want to say you were immersed you wasn't like in a toxic way but talk about like how that moved you and what it meant to you um with seeing that and you know why you felt like you had to do or speak out do something about it um talk about that
1: yeah i i feel like especially being from a place like whitney point and then moving to a city like binghamton i feel like we have this kind of mindset where we think that cities are more progressive or at some point in your life that's what i felt and You think that, you know, we're making progress on so many things, but then you have conversations with people or things like George Floyd happen and it makes headlines again that, no, we haven't made enough progress on any of these things. And um, then murals start popping up across cities like in D.C. that are just massively impactful and it reminds you of the fact that art And specifically, text and word choice has a huge impact on how people can perceive a situation in the world. And the Black Lives Matter murals that were cropping up, I was like, I was floored. (laughs) Like, I was just floored. I was like, yes, they absolutely do. I'm not gonna swear. Um, And and the fact that we have to say this and like defend these words is outrageous to me. And then you. wanted to make it happen in Binghamton and I was like absolutely this should happen in Binghamton <laughs> and then you were facing all this like pushback and backlash and um like bureaucracy crap and things that like I've dealt with on like less of a public stage setting but like have like a knowledge base and like I can yeah. help with that and so that's why I connected with you because I was like I can
0: help <laughs> how can I help and boy, does she help I <laughs> I mean, I mean... Let Let me at it. (laughs) That's a blazing. And uh, I didn't under like when I started to speak out about it, I didn't understand how many people were waiting for it to come to Binghamton. Um, But it's like, how did you feel about the murals? Like, did you want to start it before you even knew about me or anybody talking about it? What was your position like in knowing that you know how to do this project? Because you already do letters, you already know how to map it out. Like, were you frustrated to the point where you might have started it yourself, or like it couldn't have come?
1: It it couldn't have. I mean, yeah, I was. I mean, I went to the protests and things like that, and I don't know. I I just I know that something like that couldn't come from me. It can come from you with my support, 100%. But it needs to be you at the forefront of this thing, as much energy of a suck that it is for you. And it needs to be Kristen's name there because you are the member of this community that needs to be the driving force and needs to be in the spotlight for that thing. And I am happy to help anyone that needs to make this happen. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that you were talking about it was my,
0: (laughs) okay, we're doing it. (laughs) I know, because she had, I mean, she had it done already. Like <laughs> we had already like we didn't have to really meet. She just got really she asked me questions and she wrote, like, wrote for a night. <laughs> she was like, here you go, here you go. I'm like, okay, I think this is <laughs> happening. Um because I saw in some cities, like, you know, Syracuse, they were supposed to have theirs done. Um and there were people involved that Um, I'm not going to say, like, they couldn't be involved because they were white, but they were kind of trying to, like, spearhead it. And I found those cities didn't get it done. And I was just like, well, that's kind of, like, obvious to you as a lesson. Like, you should let the people that are, you know, really dealing with this spearhead it. So, um, the fact that Anna stepped up and she just, like, took charge the, how many days were we out there? Like, two
1: it was three. two it yeah. was
0: so hot i still have two
1: <laughs> <laughs> ten lines
0: from it <laughs> um like yeah we're i'm grateful because it wouldn't have got done without her like y'all don't understand but um i just wanted to hear that because you know you might have been like maybe trying to start it and you just don't know sometimes you know what people are doing with behind the scenes um so thank you for that any um you know kind of epiphanies you had after college to really go into the industry because being an artist you can do art for your whole life but it's totally different when it's professional like uh-huh. totally different it can um either be good or it can like tire you out so what was your like epiphany moment yeah it really was like i'm actually gonna do this whether i'm broke or not and um, talk about that because you know it's a up and down you know even if you're known it's up and down so oh yeah
1: uh, it, even if you're known it doesn't mean you're making yeah. money
0: <laughs> it doesn't
1: yeah <laughs> people can know your name and you can still be struggling and people should talk about that more because i think there's like so many like Misconceptions about what it means to be an artist. So that's one of them that you can get and you know,
0: do that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe we could do like a panel a whole other right a panel about that because that is so real like yep. yeah y'all don't even know but
1: go most ahead. artists have many jobs <laughs> most artists will yep and we'll get back to that though We you know
0: because that could go that could be a whole other separate episode but yeah. um how did how did that transition go like was that difficult it was hard yeah
1: It was hard because it was after it being hard to transition into that space of being in academia and like accepting that I didn't have to take like biology every day, which Mm -hmm. I like I missed the sciences, which was interesting to me. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then I was like immersed in academia and then I was like, okay, now I have to have a job. And I kind of fell into this place of like, um, like feeling pressure to get into the nine to five realm because that's what you do. and then there was like weird added pressure of like a lot of the kids from my program were moving to New York City, but I couldn't afford to move to New York City right. without knowing that I had a job and like I don't know it was like a, a weird situation. Um, so yeah, so I started working at BCAC, the arts council <laughs> in the area, and I I was really fortunate because it was like actually landed me right in fine arts, but also had institutions yeah. overlap, which was great. Um, but like, and it connected me to so many people. Like, I I believe the first time I like interacted with you was through BCAC. Yeah. Yeah. And then others like it, it just introduced me to the arts community in the area. So I'm like forever grateful for that. Yeah. Um, but at some point, I realized that the energy that I was putting into this nine to five. I mean, it was great to save money and like to be able to do that because I was I'm, I was more well off than I'd ever been in my life because yeah, and it was cool to have a job and mm-hmm. um, so at a certain point though I realized that the energy that I was putting into this space like wasn't gonna allow me to make work and pursue art the way that I needed to for myself. Um, so a year and like about a half into it, um, I began to like transition out, um, mm-hmm. and I. I started working for Luma um, as their production director, and that gave me the freedom to create my own LLC as an artist, which let me like it lets me bring through my contracts for whatever projects that I'm working on, be it my own personal work or for others. Um, yeah, and it with losing the nine to five, I was able to like dictate what my day looks like, and I can. Didn't travel- not feel weird? It's so weird. It, that was that was it's crazy. It's still enough. weird to me.
0: I'm like, I think I need yeah. a job. And then I'm like, <laughs> something will come down the pipeline, like a project art related. I'm like, yeah. no, I don't,
1: no,
0: need no it. I don't need one. No. And then I'm like, <laughs> I need a job. Yeah. So yeah. that was that little long difficult. ago, right?
1: No, uh, I just had a year, one year
0: wow. in, in January. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So your first year of like, all of like just yes was covid <laughs> i know
1: <laughs> i've been like laughing about it morbidly to myself for this whole year like what a year to have quit my job and what a
0: year what the heck i mean i i quit mines to the end of 2019 so i get what you're talking about because we were kind of going through it together without knowing yeah um, but it was a crazy year, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, all right, I know what I want, you know, I know yeah. what I don't want to do. Um. So do you have those decipherers too? Like, I know what I want, I know what I don't want.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I kind of, I realized like, I have a better routine for myself now than I did at the start. Like I break yeah. up my day um, yeah. per like project that I'm working on, which has been helpful um, yeah. and like, and then it's like deciding what projects i do want to work on and like learning and being real with myself about like what i didn't like about certain things and what my boundaries have to be like yeah, Big yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Big you word. need
1: to sleep that's important
0: yeah. yeah yeah um i've had to learn boundaries too because yeah. you can get excited and say yes to everything and then completely hate it when you're on the project so um yeah. So what projects are you working on right now, or what do you have coming up, you know, for our our people? Yeah, so
1: I... Hi! (laughs) (laughs) Little cameo. I I am working on kind of like a goals project for me this year is to, like, complete um, at least a piece of new work per month. Um, that just comes off of like last year not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and we have yeah. goals for ourselves. Um And so I just finished up um, an expansion on this one series of mine. It's called the Command Series. Um, and it's a bunch of um, 2D text pieces that have like short statements that kind of all relate, but are all command language. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just completed that. And I'm working on language for um, a larger uh, Text sculpture, one of the uh, puffy three D um, ones, um, about comfort and like finding like your space, like a corner in like maybe a home or like just within you. Um, so yeah, I I have like weird things that like I, I can't. They're not like official yet, so I'm like right. like, like in the like process phase yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like that's kind of what's happening. I'm supposed to have. A show that was postponed. It was supposed to happen oh. in 2021, or excuse me, in 2020. But we now think it'll happen it in 2021 with um, Schweinfurth Art Center and the Cayuga Museum in Auburn. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, two-part show. Yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm really excited the The proposal for that was to do a pieces or to do pieces in the Shrineford space that are like that relate to like the contemporary kind of um, space that that is, and then the Cayuga Museum is like a historic um, museum, so I wanted to make pieces that responded to that and like have like a juxtaposition of like both of the spaces. So those there's I have language in my mind that I'm like working through right now, like yeah, to get that
0: done because so. that's like having exhibitions are like the most stressful <laughs> i mean it's fun but it's like that leading yeah. up to it is just boop, 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 boop. so yeah um, so that's when all of that if you want to leave our listeners with anything some type of advice if they maybe want to go into artistry you know
1: yeah oh advice
0: um anything you want
1: to say i feel like when it comes to art like You can take in as much advice as you can take in. But at the end of the day, like your decisions and your gut are what matters for what you are making. And like that was something I learned this year. And then I would like to also leave listeners with, um, I believe, Kristen, you are putting out Valentine's Day kids. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And like that's coming up real quick. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm doing that. (laughs) Um, but I'm trying to make, you know, all this about who I interview and I didn't want to make Anna's interview all about the Black Lives Matter mural because that, like, she's so much more than that, um, and she's a staple in the art community, so we wanted to like give her her flowers while she's here, (laughs) here's your trophy. (laughs) because <laughs> we're broke, you know, artists, but no, um, yeah, I wanted her to come on in so y'all knew who I worked with and just who, you know, has continued to be friends, you know, we don't talk every day, but now we always have that project that we did that kind of just made us ride or die Bonnie
1: and Clyde Bonnie <laughs> and Bonnie. of <laughs> <For> Bonnie, <laughs> yeah. Clyde and Bingo. <laughs>
0: but I do actually before we go we need to shout out um hold on let me get the whole name because I'm gonna bring it up uh Studio Sophia right am I right Studio Sophia Sophia yes Sophia Sophia you can find her on Instagram if you can see that but we have her earrings on she gave us these as a gift when we did uh the mural so yeah, that's why we look stylish. Um thank you. Yeah, so thank you. And uh see y'all later and have a good night.